With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome into the Athletic Best on the Board presented by BetMGM. It is Friday, December 3rd. Michael Beller and Casey Joyner here with you to talk through Week 13 best bets, or at least our favorite bets for Week 13. One game, of course, already in the books. The Cowboys covering the four and a half against the Saints on Thursday night. We're hunting for some more covers here the rest of the weekend. KC, how you doing? Had a good start to the week. Had the Cowboys with that cover and such, and that you know got got worried there because you know, they, they they weren't putting the game away, mm-hmm. and then Carlos Watkins runs that uh, runs that thing uh, that touchdown back, and that that made up for that Deontay Harris give up score at the oh end. So God. like, okay, yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> this is killing me the last few weeks because we've been on a bit of a cold spell on this show, and I've loved, loved the uh, Thursday night night caps, I guess. Obviously, last night is the only one, uh, but then going back to Thanksgiving, Bills over Saints. I guess Saints back-to-back, but Bills over Saints was my favorite play of the week last week, and yep. I talked about it in other shows, but you know, by the time you and I get together, those games are <laughs> over. They're not available to us for this show. So it's like, can we can we push one of these games to Sunday? Because I actually had, I had before we get going, I had trouble finding a, a lot. Of, like, there's there's like two games I like, and like two others. Like, yeah, th- this is all right. Like, I can talk about these, but like, there's not a lot of, a lot I love on this slate. This is going to be probably the biggest stay away slate for me all season. Yeah, there's so many double digit point games, and I'm with it because the, uh, the the Cowboys and the Saints are so banged up. That was a big reason to pick make mm-hmm. the pick because I mean right, it was right. hey they're not going to come to this game healthy, even though they had the you know week between games they still weren't healthy, and it's like okay there's there's such that they're even on Thanksgiving with you on the uh, on that uh, the, the Bills game. And I love the the Lions and they covered barely, yeah. but they covered. I really thought they'd actually win that game, but the the idea is you know those are where some of the the better plays have been, but uh, still still like a couple of games a lot this week. That third pick, like you said, two picks I can get in the yeah. third pick. I'm like. Okay, this is all right, but but uh, two I really like. Yeah, all right. Well, let's start getting into those here, um, and let's go to you know I'm gonna actually have my um, my least favorite pick first. I don't know if that's true for you, but we're gonna start off with the bugaboo for Casey Joyner on best <laughs> on the board all season. The Houston Texans. You keep backing these guys; they keep foiling you. So this week we reverse course. Colts are ten point favorites in Houston. You like the Indianapolis Colts? Let's hear the case for them. I am going full turncoat on the Texans. <laughs> I, I've had it with those guys. Yeah, uh, I tried to show tried to show faith in them. Tried to show faith in Tyrod Taylor and that he would come back to what he was. He's got some of the worst passing numbers since he's come back. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, before the bye week, he comes back. Bad numbers. Are, all right, well, he gets a bye, and he's going to get you know, even better rested. He's going to get back in the sync of the receivers. Yeah, it doesn't matter. He <laughs> his vertical numbers are just atrocious. They're they're just awful. I keep looking at this game and going, I, I know it's a ten point spread, but where I mean, where are, where do the Texans have an advantage? Yeah. The the rushing attack. I mean, they're facing Jonathan Taylor. 
and that great offensive line. Uh, the Texans haven't rushed for over 100 yards of the game since week six. I mentioned Tyrod Taylor. He's doing terrible. Wentz has protected the ball well enough. Where I mean, now he had trouble last week, but he hadn't thrown a pick in uh, four games. I mean, he's protecting mm-hmm. the ball well. The Colts have scored 31 or more points in six of the past seven. It's possible that turnovers turn them in, do them in. Does the Texans have racked up 11 takeaways the past three weeks? But, you know, again, uh, and uh, that would be the one thing I'd worry about is if, if Carson Wentz has a bad game, that would be something that would be a concern for me. But if Carson Wentz plays like he had been weeks before this past Sunday, and I think he will, I just think that the, I don't see an area where Houston has any kind of advantage. And, uh, be, you know, being at home will be helpful, but home field advantage has been nothing this year. So I think the Colts put the foot to the floor and uh, win. Yeah, this is uh, one that's pretty easy for me to get on board with. You and I are only making three picks here. I participate in a Super Contest style of pool. If you don't know, Super Contest is a big, big uh, picks contest run out of Las Vegas. Everyone who's participating in it just picks their five favorite games against the spread every week. I'm not in that one. I don't have quite the money to pony up that it takes to get into the (laughs) official one, but I'm in one that is exactly the same just for us lay people who do have that sort of money to pony up and get in. And while this is not one of my picks for our show, it is one of my picks in that super contest pool. So I'm right there with you. Colts really should take care of business in this game. And like you look at the AFC and how stacked up it is uh, for the wildcard spots and really, uh, you know, the Colts Probably not going to chase down the Titans, but with the way the Titans have looked, like that door is still ajar, certainly. And so you put those two things together, like this is the sort of game where the Colts should just really take care of business and and keep things clean and keep things easy. And as you said, like with the way Jonathan Taylor is going, with the way Carson Wentz is taking care of the ball, I find it very hard to believe that Houston can keep this game close. It, It just doesn't feel really all that realistic. This is a team that's coming off a loss to the Jets. I mean, I I feel like that that, that really says it all. So the Colts should get into Houston, win this game comfortably, and get the hell out and take care of business. So I like this pick also, Colts minus 10 against the Texans. I'm actually going to one of the big double-digit spreads for my first pick as well. Now, this, like I said, it's my least favorite pick. It's actually one I snuck into the show at the very end. Originally, I was going to have Dolphins minus 4.5 over Giants, and that's a play I still like. That's also one that I'm picking in my super contest pool. But for our show purposes here, I'm going to go Rams minus 13 over Jaguars. Why should this game be close, Casey? Make one <laughs> give, what what is one reason why the Rams should not rebound in a huge way and win this game like 31 to 3. There is no reason at all for them not to come out and just dominate this game both sides of the ball start to finish. Talk about a team that not only needs a win, Casey, but needs like a convincing win to feel really good about themselves to come out of. And this is just like served up on a silver platter for them getting the Jaguars at home. I mean, just everything is lined up. Maybe Urban Meyer's got a foot in South Bend already or almost had a foot in South Bend earlier this week before they announced the hire of Marcus Freeman. I mean, this just like every single thing, both real life, anecdotal, narrative, everything is lined up to give the Rams just the utmost advantage in this one and with the way they've gone recently with the way that the Cardinals and pretty much grabbed a stranglehold of the NFC West now the Rams are staring at that five seed knowing that they're going to have to go into Dallas or go into Tampa something like that like, this is a team that needs to start playing well and start feeling good about itself heading toward the playoffs perfect setup for them to get back on track this week <clears throat> I'd be told them already the only thing concern would be do they they pull what I call if they do they Tomlin. It's a, I always call it Tomlining, where the mm-hmm. Steelers would always play down to the competition level of their opponent, and then this year they don't have that problem because they're not that much better. Than <laughs> yeah, right. a lot of teams they're they're, they're, they're the middle of the pack team. It's perfect. Actually, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't Tomlin when that's the case. Uh, that, that's the only concern, but I don't think that's the case here because 
I mean, or I mean, they could get in a trap game at Buffalo, but Buffalo it was a trap game. And the Rams, mm-hmm. a trap game is one that you're overlooking because you're looking ahead. The Rams right now, I mean, they like you said, they need a win, they need a signature win, they need to play their competition level. And the Jags just strike me when I when I see them. It's they keep looking like. They're running out of gas, like yeah. like they're like they're, it's week thirteen, and they're like, all right, can we just get the season over with? You usually right. see that week fifteen, sixteen set. You know, you get it later in the year, but the Jags are like, uh-huh. we kind of have, we've kind of had it with this yeah, year. Need, I think they need the Madden simulate to end button for sure. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I think probably taking a cue from their coach. Their coach wants the season yeah. to be over with. It seems like, and I, and the team's taking the cue from him. So yeah, I think they uh they probably mail this thing in. So I, I like his pick too. Just it's got this one feels like it's twenty four to nothing halfway through the second quarter. And yeah, it's just with the with the I mean, the Rams are dead. Like, I know it's the Jaguars. They're going to win this game. Talk about like an auto move on if you still have the Rams left in your survivor pool. Like there, there's no question about that. But they just need to they need to win this game. They need to dominate this game. They need to feel great. But they need to be, you know, like playing cards and having beers on the plane back or like I guess they're <laughs> playing this game in Los Angeles. But you understand what I'm saying? Like this needs yeah. to be as comfortable a game as they could possibly have. And with everything they have on their side of the ball and everything that Jacksonville doesn't have. I really don't see why that's not going to be the case. So I like the Rams here, even though it's my least favorite play, but it's a play that I still feel pretty good about. Rams minus 13 against the Jaguars. The big game of the week, KC, is Monday night football. Control of the AFC East on the line. Winner of this game could potentially get the one seed in the AFC playoffs. Bills and Patriots getting together. The Bills are three-point favorites in this game in Buffalo. We both have a play on it. Let's go to yours first. You like something with the total, which is sitting at 42.5 right now on BetMGM. It is sitting in I think it was 43 and a half a couple of days ago, and, and, and the numbers come down. And I keep looking at this going, I always like to look at, this is one of the picks where I'm not probably as strong on this one as I was the first pick, but I am strong mm-hmm. at it still because I look at past the victory. I remember Bill Parcells said one time that, that if he that about a playoff game, he said if we had played like the Bears in eighty in eighty five, he said if we'd played them ten times, we'd probably win only two of them. But we, we you know they, he thinks maybe we win three. But I like to look at it from that perspective. How often, if I pick it out of ten games, how often we do this? Is this going to happen? <clears throat> and go with a pick that I think it's like if you're going to get you know if it's going to happen maybe six seven six seven times I like at least seven times in my head if I think it's going to happen I look at this and I, the Patriots have been and, I, and the Patriots have scored twenty four more points in six straight games mm-hmm. uh, I mean they've got a, they've got a great rushing attack a fantastic rushing attack you got a seventeen to four margin in takeaways versus giveaways mm-hmm. uh, the Bills just lost their best defensive player arguably in Tre'Davious White so I look at that and I go okay I think that the Patriots are going to put up their points they've shown that they can get 24 minimum and they might be able to do more than that i look at that okay now if i get 24 27 can i get buffalo at 17 i'm like i realize that it's the patriots defense so the best defense in the league right now but i keep looking at this going i see enough paths to where okay i've got stefan Diggs, i've got josh allen they've got an improved running game because brita is playing better than moss did they've got dawson knox they've still have cole beasley i mean they've got a number of different things a number of different ways where they could score i can see them putting up easily 17 points and if i get to that and then in patriots just have to get to, you know, like I said, 27-17. I see that happening more than I see a 24-17 when I just mm-hmm. see New England be able to score enough points to do this. And I see enough pass to an over on this game. So I, yeah. I, I, it's, not, not, it's not a lock, but I really like it a lot. 
not a play for me just because of how good these defenses are and how good they're playing recently, but I like your logic, and if I were forced to play the over or the under, I would lean toward the over in it, and listening to your answer, I feel like you're going to disagree with my pick, which is Bills minus three. I like the Bills in this game. <laughs> um, I think you got to knock off the Bills until you uh, before you can prove that you are the team to beat in the AFC East, especially with this totally new look Patriots group. Patriots can absolutely do it. Uh, I think we talked about this last week. Yeah, we took because you had the Patriots over the Titans was one of your picks. I'm like, I don't want to hear anything about, sure, they're winning six games in a row, but look at who they're playing. No, 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 no. First of all, this is the NFL. Any six-game winning streak is an impressive six-game winning streak. I don't care who it is. I don't care how you're winning. You're winning six games in a row in the NFL. You are doing something very right. Number two, look at how they're beating teams. These are not even games. They are winning. They are going out and winning by three scores, four scores. And yeah, it's the Jets. It's the Falcons. It is the uh, completely emasculated version of the Titans. I get that. That's true. And that's something that they'll have to reckon with eventually in the playoffs. But when you're winning games, 54 to 13, 25 to nothing, 36 to 13. I mean, you are manhandling and controlling games. And yes, I understand it sounds like I'm headed down a path of making a case for the Patriots. But the Bills were doing the exact same thing in the first half of the season. Obviously, these teams play very similar schedules, being in the same division. And we're talking about a Bills team that beat Miami 35-0, beat Houston 40-0, was also destroying teams early in the season when they were in their softer part of the schedule. Now, the Patriots have had their softer part of the schedule. They basically have been completely evenly matched teams all season long, both in what they've done on the field and the way they've defeated their opponents and gotten to their respective records. And that's exactly what this line tells us. Bills minus three at home. Basically, the odds makers are saying this is a pick'em game on a neutral field. And I think that's absolutely fair. But I still think you got to knock off the Bills. This is still a team that came into the season as one of the Super Bowl favorites, basically carrying over the AFC uh, championship game losers from a year ago. And this is still a team that just as strongly as the Patriots can do what they want to do offensively against almost any opponent. So I'm going to ride with the Bills. I still think they're the better team of these two. Getting this game at a field goal feels like a totally fair spot to me. I like the Bills here, but I feel like you're maybe going the other way with the way you made the argument for the over. Yeah, I, I probably do. Although I'll say this: that if you're the Bills, I when you, losing White's a big thing. It's a big huge, deal. It's a, huge. It's a we no way to paper over that. No, and we look at their snap counts. Yeah, uh, if we look at their snap counts for the defensive backs, they usually have five. They're one of the, most teams will have more players in, in their secondary playing. They have the five. They have the their, their, their two starting corners. They have their nickel corner. They have their two safeties. That's it. That's mm-hmm. a, they're basically who they play all year. So they don't even have anybody who's got a playing time on the field to be able to replace him. They've got talent. I, 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 it's a drop off. I think I've got some talented backups. I think it's not. Yeah, you know, they'll, they'll they're not, they don't have a coverage liability. But here, the thing I look at that and go, if I'm Buffalo and I've lost White. And I'm up against the Patriots. The one saving grace, and it, the part of the reason I picked the over also, is if Buffalo is to win, they're going to turn it into a shootout. That's a fit, oh, yeah. that would be a 50-50 prop them to, to say we're just going to be really aggressive and New England we're going to make now we're going to make you try and beat us at back Jones. We, now mm-hmm. you can't just run the football. You, you you're going to have to get into some sort of shootout mode with us. I think they they could be hyper aggressive because that's the a percentage play for them because right now trying to beat New England in the defensive game, I don't think mm-hmm. it's a way the the Bills could go. And if they get a shootout. Best offenses in the NFL history are 50-50 props in that kind of situation. Let me say two things on that also. Number one, Tredavious White, like I said, can't paper over that loss. That's a huge loss, absolutely, and that's something that you know almost any team's going to look to take advantage of when they play the Bills. The Patriots, 
not necessarily built to take advantage of that. So that's, you know, like of all the teams that the Bills are going to play the rest of the season, the Patriots are one where where the Bills can maybe sit back and say, yeah, obviously uh, we'd rather have Tredavious out here than not. But this is a team that we're not necessarily too afraid of taking advantage of that loss. And then secondly is the fact that, you know, no one the Patriots have played in this winning streak, um, as impressive as it has been, is capable of doing what the Bills are offensively, is capable of making the Patriots play a game where they have to score 28 to win. And the Patriots have shown us they can do that. If that ends up being the case, like they can do that. They can win this game 28-27 or 28-24, something like that. But no one in this winning streak has actually forced them to win a game like that. The Bills absolutely, even as good as New England's defense is, can force them to play a game where they have to get into the upper 20s or lower 30s to win. So even though we maybe aren't expecting that quite level of scoring, think that the Bills can force that, and that's part of the reason why I think the Bills protect home field, reassert their dominance in the AFC East, take over first place in the AFC East, and win this game by more than a field goal. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, KC, we've got one more pick a piece here. Let's hear you first on 49ers and Seahawks. 49ers are three and a half point favorites on the road in Seattle. The 49ers with a little bit of a charge here, now looking like they are, you know, it's, it's hard to say safely headed to the playoffs, but with the way the NFC is beneath them in Minnesota, yeah, maybe they are sort of safely headed to the playoffs, and certainly a win in Seattle would help them do that. You'd like them to get that win by more than three and a half. Let's hear why. Uh, yeah, I do. I mean, it's. They've, I mean, they've won three straight. They scored 31 or more points in each of those wins. And the ground game prowess on both sides of the ball is the main reason why. They've racked up 535 rushing yards in those wins, and they've only allowed 173 rushing yards in a three-game stretch. And Seattle's offense, I mean, they were they were atrocious on Monday night. They had five straight three-and-out drives. I think I mentioned it during the broadcast, that five straight three-and-out drives. That's tied for the most consecutive three-and-out drives this season, they got <clears throat> that last drive where they, they were Washington played that soft defense, and okay, now they went down to score. But if not for that, <clears throat> excuse me, that's a that's a that's a, a big win for Washington, and Washington's mm-hmm. not playing that well, and San Francisco's playing as well as it is. They're also a highly depth road team. The Four ers are they're four and one away from Levi Stadium this year. I, I like them from that perspective. And Seattle, the the problem for Seattle's offense is that. I mean, the receivers aren't getting open. I've done some studies for the articles I write for The Athletic on Monday morning that look over fantasy prospects from the week before, and I've covered it a couple, a couple, three different times. They literally, Metcalf and uh, Lockett, just are not getting open. It's not a matter of Russell Wilson's getting under pass rush and throwing up. It's like, because you can mark down incompletions by their different types, and good coverage is one of the types that they continually have happened to them. So teams realize these guys are not being able to get open as much. They can't run the ball. I just, I'm looking at this going, San Francisco defense is playing well. Can Seattle score 20? 17? I'm looking maybe 17 if they're lucky. And if they get there, then I go, okay, does San Francisco, do they score they score 21, 24? I'm like, yeah, I think they win it pretty comfortably. And I think there's a good chance that Seattle doesn't score any more than like 10. So I, I just have trouble seeing San Francisco getting to too much of a point upside. And right now, the way the Ford Niners are playing, and the fans of Seattle defense is not playing that well either. Yeah. Uh, I, I think uh, San Francisco scores 28 or 31 of this one and wins comfortably. 
Yeah, let me follow up on that part of it because there I don't think there's really any positive argument to make about Seattle. Maybe there's a negative argument to make about San Francisco in that they're playing this game without Debo Samuel, who has been the most consistent offensive player for them all season. And we've just seen that team, whether it's Debo, whether it's George Kittle, whether it's Eli Mitchell, when one key guy is missing, it feels like a lot of the offense falls out. And so uh, I just obviously you don't put too much of a concern into that, given that you're taking the 49ers here. Yeah, uh, I because uh, you can step up. I, I like the idea of if I've got Mitchell, I've got Ayuk, and I've got Kittle. Those mm-hmm. three, uh, and, and and I've got with with that combination there. I still think I maybe you know, maybe they don't score the thirty one without Debo in there. I still think I can get him to twenty four or twenty seven. I think it's it's, it's a loss, but mm-hmm. I still think they can get up there. And all of that, that I think Jeff Wilson is a better running back that he's been showing, so they can take some wear and tear off of Mitchell. Uh, mm-hmm. Wilson's a good goal line guy, so you can yeah. add him in there as a potential play. And Garoppolo's been playing quite well. When Garoppolo's yes. playing well, then that, 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 that's, you know, and they're in a play calling group too. This is more, though, about even if San Francisco's offense is 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 hindered with Debo, this is more about how bad Seattle's offense is. They might be the worst offense in the league right now. I mean, they've definitely played like it, and we don't, you know, with all the name brands on that offense, we don't really talk about it very often, but it's been really, really bad since Russ has been back from his finger injury, and I agree with you in that there's no reason to think things suddenly turn around this week against the 49ers. Not a play for me, but definitely the way I would go also, 49ers minus three and a half in Seattle this week. One more play for us on this episode of Best on the Board, brought to you by MGM, BetMGM, that is, and KC, I'm going to go to the Chargers and Bengals, the other big game. In the AFC this week could be a very crucial game when you look at the AFC wildcard standings. And I think this game goes under the 50 and a half that is being posted to it. You know, these teams, when you just look on paper at these teams, you think right off the bat, scoring. Scoring, sure. scoring, scoring, offense, offense, offense. When you just think of, on one side, we've got Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and Austin Eckler. On the other side, we've got Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon and T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd. Just so many options on every side of the ball. You think about this from a fantasy perspective. I mean, all those guys except for Tyler Boyd, you didn't even think twice. Of course yeah. those guys are all in your starting line. That Boom, let's get them in there. We've got all these studs, all this talent. This game's easily going over 50 and a half. Chargers are four and seven over under this season with the under being the seven Bengals are five and six. Uh, these teams just don't play to the over. And it's been that way all season long. The, these are not auto over teams. This is not the chiefs. This is not the Cowboys as good as, as much offensive talent as these teams have. They just are not the teams that stack points on points on points or drives on drives the way that the Cowboys and the chiefs do. They, they just don't play that style of football. They don't play like the Buccaneers do. Both of these teams want to run the ball. Both of these teams want to let their running backs be significantly involved. The Chargers, especially when they're not hitting things down the field to Mike Williams, which really hasn't been the case for them since like the <laughs> yeah. middle of October. I mean, the last time we were talking about Mike Williams, we were also talking about, uh, you know, the start of the World Series. And so that just like hasn't been the case for them for a long time. Like they are a team that has to grind it out, that has to uh, go death by a thousand cuts with Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler moving the ball down the field. The Bengals, meanwhile, they just haven't had the pass volume we expected them to have all season, and Joe Mixon's been the best player on their offense for a month running now. Uh, So I just, I I don't see, uh, when you have this much offensive talent in a game, getting over 50 and a half is always a possibility. I'm not saying like this is a, a comically high number considering the offensive talent we have on both sides of the ball. But that has just not been how either of these teams has played. And so I'm going to trust the trends that these teams have shown us over 11 games this season and say that this stays under 50 and a half. Yeah, Jamar Chase has hit the rookie wall. <clears throat> you talk about Mike Williams. Mike Williams has been 
Yeah, he he. Uh, if you take away that blown coverage the Steelers had against him, yep. uh, he he really. I mean, he's done nothing since about week, like you said about week four about World Series time. The Bengals defense too. Um, over the past, they played the Raiders and the Steelers past two weeks. And I know the Steelers are yeah they've got some problems, but they still have a talented offense. And they held those two teams to twenty nine first downs and one hundred and twenty three rushing yards. And I get that the Steelers game was a blow up, but still. You hold those two offenses to that much, okay? That that's a pretty good defense. I keep looking. I like this from the sense that, I, I, you, you, okay, you got to get seven touchdowns and a field goal, okay? Well, Williams isn't getting a touchdown. The off the Chargers' offense is not doing that well. The Chargers' defense is not playing that well. But like you said, it's going to they they invite you to run, so okay, that's going to invite to a, a lower scoring game. And the Bengals' receivers, I mean, yeah, I'm going to put Jamar in my lineup, but I'm expecting 15 out of them. Whereas a couple, you know, maybe a month ago, I'm expecting 25 to 30 in a full PPR league. He's just not doing that, and their other receivers aren't doing that well either. So I think this 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 tends to play in that direction. If I had to pick between them, so it wouldn't be a play for me this week. But if I had to pick between them, I would say, yeah, I agree because. I think the Bengals' defense is underrated, and if the Bengals' defense holds up, then I have trouble seeing seven touchdowns in this contest. Given the way Cincinnati's been building up this contender that they now have on their hands, it's easy to assume, if you're not paying close attention week in and week out, that they're doing it because of their offense, that they're suddenly this contending team with a very bright future because of their offense. And that's definitely true when you look at the principles in the offense, but it's really been the defense that has flipped the switch this season. And that's been true going all the way back to week one. We have some great reporting on that really all season long from our Bengals reporters, Paul Daner Jr. and Jay Morrison. Uh, this has been a really strong defense for the entire season. And, and so that's something that's uh, an element at play in this game also. But you said it, right? Like, not, like seven touchdowns is a lot of touchdowns to score in a football game. And with the way these teams play offensively and the way that they've shown us who they are recently, I don't see them getting to that number. So I like the under. I think this is a fun game. I think this is going to be one of the best games of week 13. I do not think it is one that gets into the 50. So give me under 50 and a half on Chargers and Bengals. And that, my friends, does it for this episode of Best on the Board. For Casey Joyner, I am Michael Beller. Thanks for listening. Good luck this weekend. As always, we say happy betting. We'll talk to you soon.